everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. So the K-drama that I have chosen to discuss today is called Hospital Playlist, which apparently is also known as Wise Doctor Life, which I have never seen anywhere, but that's fine. Oh, it's the literal title. Okay. So that's the literal translation from Korean is Wise Doctor Life. And obviously Hospital Playlist is the released English title. Interesting. Um, so Hospital Playlist is a 2020 K-drama. It is only 12 episodes, but each episode is like an hour and 20 minutes long and the season finale is like just under two hours. So like the episodes are long, uh, which I will just say right now, you do not notice when you're watching the show because this show is freaking great. I loved it. It's just it's so gentle and immersive and it just sucks you into this whole different world. Like I absolutely adored this show. Um, I honestly don't think I have a single bad thing to say about it. It was such a fun experience. Although I guess I kind of do because um, I guess the story of me watching it is <laughs> the, the embarrassing part is that um, I think that this drama was the very last K-drama stop on the Yoo Yoon Suk <laughs> train that I've been on for the last few months where I've basically been uh, following him around drama land, the actor Yoo Yoon who is one of the starring roles in this drama. And I've basically watched every single drama that he's ever been in now, um, just over the last few months. And so I definitely, I guess I'll tell you the story about this specific drama hospital playlist. I originally started it immediately upon finishing um, Dr. Romantic season one. And so anyone who has watched Dr. Romantic um, or has listened to my my past podcast episode about Dr. Romantic knows that it is a very heightened reality, you know, heightened emotion kind of show. Like it is the kind of show that has doctors climbing on top of patients to like, you know, CPR them and everything is so dramatic. And so when I started watching Hospital Playlist, I was kind of on that overly dramatized, really high emotion kind of um, whirlwind of Dr. Romantic. And Hospital Playlist is a completely different show. Um, Hospital Playlist is slice of life to the max to the point where when I picked it up and I, I was 
in the complete wrong mood for it because I just wanted more of Dr. Romantic season one, basically. <laughs> and I picked up hospital, hospital playlist and it was so slow. And I was watching it and I was like, this is literally like watching a bunch of doctors in a hospital. And I didn't know if I actually wanted to watch doctors working in a hospital, but that is what it's like. It is so slice of life. Um, I also found the very beginning of it a little bit confusing because this is a show with five main characters. Each main character is a doctor and they've all sort of known each other since medical school and they've been friends a long time, but this is the first time that they've all worked together in one hospital. So the first episode or so is kind of just that setup of getting them all working in the same place. But basically the whole drama is following five different storylines. Everyone has their own things going on, but everyone intersects as well. So this means that you have five main characters to keep track of, but each of those main Main characters has their own kind of cast of surrounding side characters. And when I first picked up the show, I was like, who is everyone? What's going on? I, I, I think that was more so that I was in the wrong kind of mind frame to be watching it because I, I thought it was going to be, you know, very fast paced and exciting and like all about, um, you know, emergencies and stuff. And instead, it's just about the gentle, true pacing of life and death and the poignant moments, like these moments of humanity that these characters experience that are just, you know, as a viewer, you know, I don't work in a hospital, but these are just moments of life and death. So everything feels so familiar and true to life and so poignant and so moving in its subtlety. Like this is a very nuanced, quiet, subtle show. And I think that's what makes it so immersive, but also so deeply moving because it doesn't matter if you work in a hospital or not, the themes that this show deals with around living and being happy and living well and having friends and, you know, following your heart and just all these, these things are dealt with in such a beautiful, careful way. And I think this show says so much with so little. Um, I think the whole point of the show is, um, you know, the way that it's edited specifically is to give you this slice of life dipping in and out of people's lives. Um, it often holds back information. It often, you know, it, it'll set up a big event and then it'll skip that big event and suddenly we'll kind of catch back up with that character after the thing has already happened. Um, I loved that approach because again, it's just so lifelike, you know, you're catching up with these characters, not when everything's the most exciting and when everything's happening, you're catching up with them quite often in their quietest, smallest moments. But those are the moments where they're most themselves and you begin to love the characters. Like I just fell in love with these people and I wanted to know how they would live. Um, so I wasn't going to talk about all that stuff straight away. <laughs> I was still going to give you like the overview of the show. Um, so basically, I think the really, really interesting thing about this show is the director and screenwriter. Um, I didn't realize um, when I first heard about this show that, so this is director Shin Wano and screenwriter Yi Woo Jung. Um, and they've both previously worked together multiple times on the Reply series. So that's Reply 1990 
1997, Reply 1994, and Reply 1988. Um, and I'm pretty sure the director, but maybe not in conjunction with the same screenwriter, did Prison Playbook as well. Um, so this director and screenwriter team, they have a style. Like watching this show it brought back so many memories of what the Reply series was. And while the Reply series dealt very, very squarely with, I think, um, you know, young people's emotions, that coming of age, that growing up, being a teenager, um, and also obviously it had the adult storylines as well. You know, this drama's a little bit different because all the main characters are, you know, either nearly 40 or 40, basically. Um, so they're at a different point in their lives um, where they are quite at the height of their careers. They're all very successful from, you know, an outside perspective, I suppose. And it's about them dealing with these struggles at their daily work and what they want to do with their lives. And then, of course, romantic entanglements, though, in the same style as the Reply series in terms of the romance, like it's so... I actually, I love the way it's done. It's like when you watch the first few episodes, you think that there isn't any. And then subtly, little by little, you see these hints and you start connecting the dots. And always um, this writer and director team hold back information and they make you reach for it and try and figure out, you know, it's, it's always like a puzzle romance with them. Um, and sometimes I felt that was a little bit hit and miss with the Reply series. Because because they're trying to generally keep it a mystery how usually in all of these different shows, how one of the characters feels, you know, the, the big hook is, does that character return the affection or not? Like that's basically been one of the things they've done throughout all their dramas. Um, I really, really liked this one because I even though you you do have so much information held back in that regard in terms of one of the main romances anyway in this, um, I was able to, you know, collect those hints and really understand what was going on in the development of that, um, you know, that love story, which again, you know, it's, it's a very subtle part of a much wider landscape of a show um, and certainly not as maybe central as it is in the Reply series. But this, I loved it. I loved it so much, but I will say I started watching it and I thought it wasn't for me. I thought it was slow. I thought it was too complicated in terms of just so many characters. Um, but I kept coming back to it, um, mainly because <laughs> I was like doing stretches on the ground when it was on and I was like, well, I can stretch and then like look in the opposite direction. And, you know, I can't read the subs, but it's fine because it's a slice of life show. So nothing's really happening anyway. <laughs> so I kind of just kept coming back to it um, for maybe the first couple episodes in that way. And then I became so hooked. I was hanging off every word. Like it was beautiful. It really moved my heart. Um, such a gorgeous show. Um, so I guess what I'll do next is just go through all the different characters. So I mean, the, the main five characters just give you guys a little brief overview of who they are and what they're about in the show because there isn't really a plot to speak of. It's a very character, daily life driven show. And I think that's what makes 
this special. And then at the end, I'll just talk very quickly about a few of the things specifically that I really loved. Um, and I should have mentioned at the start that it has been confirmed that there will be a second season of this show. And usually with K-dramas, you know, one of my favorite things about K-dramas is that they don't have a multi-season format. This really suits me because you get heaps of different stories being created all the time. They stand alone. So they don't have the problem of like 10 seasons. And, you know, by the end of that, basically it's shit and you can't watch it anymore because it goes so badly downhill. Like, I mean, nothing can remain solidly wonderful forever. You know, it just, I just don't think it's possible. So I was a little bit nervous because I hadn't finished watching the show when I heard that, you know, season two was going to be, um, was a confirmed thing. And I, yeah, I, I think I didn't like it, but after watching the final episode in season one, I was like, yeah, I am so keen for season two. And not because it has cliffhangers exactly, just because it is so slice of life that you just want to continue on with these people. You want to know what's going to happen with them next. Um, not because it's anything overly dramatic, but just because you like them. You, you really, really like them. Um, all right. So that's, that's it from me for this little intro section and overview. Okay, so I'm going to talk about the characters uh, just in the order that they appear in this little cast list that I've got in front of me. But I will start by saying, yes, Yu Yeon-suk is a starring role in this drama. And yes, I did watch it because he was in it. That is absolutely why I watched this show. <laughs> I admit it. I admit um, my silliness. Um, he is wonderful and he's freaking fantastic in this. He's so good. Um, I just wish he would be in everything, like a starring role in everything. Yu Yeon-suk is just the best. So anyway, um, to the cast and the characters. So we have the actor Cho Jung-suk, um, who is so good in this. Um, I am not a massive Cho Jung-suk fan, even though, you know, he's in a lot of dramas and I don't mind him, but I'm not, I wouldn't really seek him out. This is my favorite performance by him. He is so charming in this role. So he plays a character called Ikjun. So Ikjun is one of these five doctors. Um, he is at the beginning of the drama, you know, he's married, but his wife lives overseas. So he never sees her. Um, and he has the cutest small child ever in the whole world. Like his son is adorable. Um, he's just gorgeous. And the relationship, you know, this, this whole drama is only about human moments and, you know, love and caring between people. And the relationship between Ikjun and his son is so just warmly portrayed. Um, Ikjun is so in love with his son, like he just adores him. He thinks he's adorable and it's very, very cute seeing their very positive interactions. You know, you can tell that Ikjun, you know, he's a very good doctor. He's very personable and warm. He's very good at what he does. He's an amazing surgeon or whatever he is. I think he's a surgeon. <laughs> yeah, they're all doing surgeries. So I guess so. <laughs> I know nothing about hospitals. It's terrible. Um, so he's very good at, you know, his professional career, but he lives for his son. Like his son is his reason for being, and it is very moving. So Ikjun, out of all the characters, like he is the warmest, most personable. He's a super, super popular at the hospital and just 
really, really charming. Um, he gets along with everybody. And it's interesting too, because I think he's played in just such a warm way by Cho Jung Sook. Um, but there's this deeperness, um, deepness, I suppose, to the character. So, you know, he's very outgoing and, you know, just a nice personality, laughing and smiling and charming everybody and good at speaking to everybody. But as the drama progresses, you begin to understand that he also, um, he's very, very perceptive in a way that you don't expect because of this sort of, you know, his old reputation, you know, from uni is like as a bit of a party boy, like he always goes out, he socializes, he, you know, goes clubbing and stuff like that. And now he doesn't do that stuff because he has a son who he lives for and looks after, but he's still super popular. Everyone just wants to hang out with him and be around him because he's, cool. He's a cool guy. Um, but in a nice way, not in a like cool, arrogant way by any means, he's just nice. Um, but he's unbelievably perceptive about the people around him and he sees things within other people that sometimes those people can't even tell within themselves. So there's some really poignant moments where he's able to kind of call out other characters on things that that character is either hiding from other people or hiding from themselves. And I guess I mean that in terms of very complicated emotions that are running under the surface with a lot of these characters. Um, very funny that the one kind of um, hidden emotion that Iktun just cannot see um, is one of the other characters um, played by the actor Jung Kyung Ho uh, and that character's name is Jun Won or it says here Jun Won if you look at it in English but I just I don't feel the thing like Jun Won or something I don't know um, but Jun Won is dating <laughs> Iktun's sister and it's like the one thing that this very perceptive man just cannot see, even though it's blatantly staring him in the face. And poor John Wan is constantly trying to like break the news because, you know, it, it's gotten pretty serious. Um, so I guess I'll talk about um, Jung, this is a hard one for me to say, <laughs> Jung Kyung Ho, uh, who is an actor that I have seen in stuff. And again, not someone that I super, super follow around drama land, but I do find him very likable. And he is, again, really, really good in this. A very different personality type. He's much more reserved and, you know, he's, he's a very high-end surgeon. He's very, very good at what he does. But um, I kind of like, too, that I think the characters in this show they are many things, you know, they, they all have multiple facets to their personalities. Um, so even though out of the five main doctors, I think John Wan is sort of, you know, he's the cooler, more reserved, um, I don't want to say arrogant because he's not really, but he's, you know, leaning more on the cooler, um, not cold. I don't want to say cold, but cooler side. Um, but at the same time, that doesn't mean, that he's only a jerk. It doesn't mean that he's mean to everybody. Like it doesn't mean that he doesn't feel emotion and have a heart and, you know, have a lot of love to give as well. And I thought that that was really clever not to just make everyone sort of a, a personality trait. And I think that that's really amazing writing for a for a show that's so character driven, but has so many characters, I think that writers can be really tempted to be like, you know, this is the loud one. This is the quiet one. <laughs> and they haven't really done that in this. I think everyone has 
so many layers to peel back and so many different things that they are. Um, so I really like Don Juan's character. He's just, I guess, in terms of the way he is at the hospital, he's the sort of, he'll do the right thing. Like he'll look after his staff, but he can be quite harsh as well. Um, but in the end, he will always do the right thing for them, even if that means he has to, you know, make sacrifices, but he won't do it in a very personable, you know, clap on the back kind of way that say Ikjun, um, played by the actor Cho Jung Suk would. Um, Jun Won is much more, he'll do it and he'll never even say that he did it, um, which is pretty cool really. So I really liked him. Throughout the drama, one of his main storylines is that he falls in love with Ikjun's sister. And I really liked the way that relationship played out. It's you know, it's a mature relationship. It's an actual real life way that people date, you know, and fall in love and have issues like she has a certain dream and she has a certain future in mind and she's also been hurt in the past. Um, but it's this very, very gentle progression of their relationship. Um, and because I think of her, her past issues that she's I think she's not as trusting and he is he's falling quite hard for her and trying to figure it all out, which, again, it's a very interesting, I want to say juxtaposition from, you know, him as a doctor, he he knows how to deal with every situation. He knows what to do. He knows how to save people's lives and do incredible things. But then when it comes to this relationship, you know, he's he's struggling to do the right thing and treat her in the right way. I don't mean that as in he doesn't treat her well, he does, but treat her in the way she wants to be treated as in he kind of wants to move a little bit faster than her. Like he's thinking marriage and he knows that that is something that she finds frightening. So he's constantly having to tread carefully and figure out the best way to treat this woman that he loves. And I, I really, I really liked all that stuff. I thought it was really, really good. Um, and I have to say, I also really, really loved his relationship. So like each of the doctors would generally have like a right-hand person who's their underling, who's very close to them, who they, you know, have a friendship with or whatever. And um, John Wan's kind of right-hand dude is uh, this guy called Jehak. Um, so he's just sort of like one of the younger doctors. He's sort of coming up and he has a lot of his own issues because in this drama, all the side characters are very much characterized into fully fleshed out human beings with their own lives going on that we just dip in and out of every now and then and sort of catch up with. But I particularly liked the relationship between, you know, the kind of cooler reserve Don Juan and his very heart on sleeve um, younger doctor underling dude. <laughs> um, I thought it was really, really well done. Um, and there was points where, you know, the, the two men, the two doctors would come out of an operation and they, you know, it would be John Wan's kind of responsibility to tell, say, the parents of the person who was operated on how the operation went. So John Wan will always start with all this technical stuff and he'll be like, you know, we had to do this and we had to cut them and we had to do this and remove this and this and this. And you can see the the doctor underling next to him is kind of like getting real, you know, like like almost bouncing up and down and then eventually he'll just like can't help himself and he'll blurt out and cut, you know, cut John Wan off and be like, and everything's fine. Like it was successful and your son is fine. And then like, so it's just this really, really lovely 
really clever, lovely relationship. I think of opposites, you know, they're both very good at different things and yet they get along well, even though, you know, Dunwan's a bit prickly. So I thought that that was, again, really well done. Um, so the next one I'll talk about is played by the actor Yoo Yeon Sok, uh, who I love. I guess I could stop saying that. I feel like everyone knows now. <laughs> so he plays a character called Dong Won, who is basically, you know, the most perfect, perfect man ever. Um, but I think still has enough nuance to make it believable that he's so good and nice and warm. Um, and he's a little bit clueless as well, which I, I quite liked. And he had quite a few kind of character things going on that, that are very, very charming. And I think just make you really, really like this character. So one of the things is, so he's, uh, you know, he, I think it's like a pediatric, I don't really know. <laughs> he looks after the small children. He does small children's surgeries and he really loves kids. And, you know, it's like he's so good and so nice at everything. And I think that could have been very one note, but there is a little bit more going on, I think, with him to make it not, you know, that Mr. Goody Two-Shoes kind of vibe. Um, but one of the things I really liked among many, um, just to give you an example, is so Jong-Won, he basically... His emotions are tied so closely to what his patients are going through. So it's at a point where if he turns up and he, he'll he be like out of character, over the top, sort of jubilant and playful and happy when he sees his friends, they immediately know that someone that he's been looking after has survived. You know, they've done well through an operation. They've got better, something like that. And if he is completely just depressed and distraught and falling apart, they know, you know, that something terrible's happened and he's lost a patient. Um, so he's really, really in emotionally deep. And I think it's a really interesting kind of theme that the, the show really looks at because all the doctors struggle with that in their own way with having to make these life and death decisions about their patients, which is so much responsibility and having to deal with, you know, terrible, terrible tragedies all the time. Um, in a daily way that I think you do feel like it would be emotionally safer to remove yourself a little bit emotionally from these situations because how can you care that much every day and not go crazy with grief, you know? So I think a lot of the other doctors in the show are much better at holding themselves back, I think, emotionally. And they'll still get, you know, every now and then there'll be someone that kind of breaks through it and they still feel a lot. They still treat their patients as people and they're certainly not always just a job or anything like that. Um, but I think Jong Wan is is tied so closely to it in a way that is interesting because I don't think he realizes that he is. So, you know, there's there's a point where he he's eating dinner happily in the middle of the night in his friend's office, um, Songhua, um, who I'll introduce later, the, the woman out of the five doctors. And she's like, she's just watching him eat, you know, and he's eating like the happiest little kid in the world. And she's like, your patients survived, like, didn't they? And he's like, he just looks so shocked. And he's like, what? How, how did you know? How come you can always tell? And she, she looks like just, she cannot believe that he doesn't know that he wears his emotions all over him. Like his entire personality is just, 
you know, <laughs> is swinging one way or the other based on what's happened um, with these people that he's so caught up with emotionally. So it's it's a very likable trait. And I, I think I particularly liked how unaware he is of the way that he is. Um, another really good example, and I think um, a scene that was just so good, and I'm pretty sure it's the first, the very first episode. So Jongwon's big struggle throughout this whole drama is that, um, so he has like, I think four older siblings, two sisters and two brothers, um, all hilariously played by actors from the Reply series, which is very amusing um, because obviously Yoo Yeon Sok is also, was in, uh, what was it? Reply, I'm going to say 1994, I think is the one that he was in. Yep. Um, so it's very, it's like, you know, it's a bit of an in-joke, I suppose, and it's quite amusing, but then all his older siblings are all either nuns or priests and they're all Catholic. And so obviously somehow, uh, and the mother, like Jongwon's mother is not very excited about this. Basically she wants Jongwon to get married and have loads of kids so she can be a grandma and she doesn't want him to go off and study to be a priest. But this is something that Jongwon is really struggling with. You know, he has such a strong faith and I don't know how all these kids were brought up, but they, they've all gravitated towards like going off and being priests and nuns and stuff like that. So his faith is like, it's huge part of him and it's this constant struggle. And so we see in the first episode, there's this scene and it's heartbreaking where he loses a small child um, that he has been looking after for say the last three months or something. She's been at the hospital and eventually she dies. Like it is really traumatic. It's very sad um, and just awful. And so Jongwon afterwards, you know, he goes and he sees his brother at this this little um, restaurant. I can't remember. I think it's like a chicken restaurant or a ramen restaurant or something. And his brother, who is from the Reply series, is just sitting there in his like little priest outfit and he's just eating and he's completely ignoring Jongwon. And Jongwon is drunk out of his mind and he's just like blubbering. And it's it's sad, but it's so funny and so endearing. And it's just such a wonderful scene. Um, I thought the writing of this scene was so clever. And obviously the performance is amazing because he's crying and it's sad and it tugs on your heart, but it's also so funny. Um, not in, I don't know, like funny in a, I want to say bittersweet kind of way, um, might be the right word. I don't even know how to describe it, but, um, you know, Jongwon's there just crying. He's like, you know, I'm going to give up being a doctor. This is going to be my last year being a doctor. I'm going to go and, you know, I'm a terrible doctor and this is stupid and terrible and all this kind of stuff. And then, um, you know, his brother's just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sure. How about you just give it another year? Just give it one more year. And Jongwon is just like, he's so loud. Everyone in the restaurant's looking at him. He's just crying and crying and blubbering. Um, it's very endearing. And then the drama comes and we get this amazing edit scene where we see, you know, it cuts to exactly one year prior. And we see they're in the exact same restaurant. Um, his brother's, you know, dressed the same because he's dressed like a priest. And he's sitting there again, completely ignoring John Won, just eating his ramen and ignoring his younger brother. As again, Jong Won cries and blubbers and goes, I'm going to quit. I'm going to, you know, this is my last year as a doctor. I'm going to quit. And then it goes back a year earlier and we see the exact same scene again. And then it goes, it like cuts again a year earlier. But this time Jong Won is like, the happiest man in the world. And he's like, I love being a doctor. Being a doctor's the 
best. You know, I can't believe, you know, when that little kid woke up and it was so wonderful. And then um, it goes to a year earlier. And again, we see him crying and blubbering and wanting to quit. And it's just such a, I just thought it was the cleverest way to characterize how deeply he feels these wins and losses and how much it completely ravish, ra- what's the word? <laughs> destroys him, like say, um, completely destroys him to lose a patient to the point where it's like he wants to quit everything. And it's a lot, you know, if you feel it that deeply, like it is a lot to just keep on going. So I just thought, yeah. I mean, look, it's Yu Yon Sook. What can I say? <laughs> I probably would have loved it no matter what. But I, I thought also, I think the characterization and the writing was just very endearing for this character. Um, so the next one on the list is played by an actor called Kim Dae Myung, who I am not familiar with at all. And his name in the drama is Sook Young. Um, so Sook Young is someone who is not sociable, um, not in a nasty mean way. He's just very happy being on his own. And I think he's very comfortable being on his own. And he's not always, you know, he's obviously not good with groups. He doesn't really like eating with other people. And, you know, you'll see him kind of go to like a little restaurant. He'll be sitting very happily by himself watching, you know, his favorite show on his phone. And then all the other nurses and doctors will turn up and sit with him and he will immediately find an excuse and run away. So he's just not good with that kind of personable stuff. And yet, you know, he has this really close friendship with these four other doctors. Um, So I really liked that. Again, it's a really good example of you can have a character that has a personality trait, but it's not all they are. Just because he doesn't like having hordes of people around him doesn't mean that he can't have deep and meaningful friendships with other people. And just because he likes being alone and is comfortable being alone doesn't mean that he only wants to be alone. So I think that that's just really, really clever writing and characterization. Um, so he is divorced and he's kind of, I think Sokyong's main sort of storyline in the drama is to do with his family. You know, he, his dad and his mom have separated under these really terrible circumstances. His dad is this really rich, famous, you know, I don't know, business dude who has a mistress and, you know, the mistress is trying to make sure that they get a divorce and poor Sokyong is just sort of caught up in it. And then on top of that he's had a family tragedy with a sibling dying and um it's really you know it's just caused this really messy rift in his family and he's trying to do the right thing so I think most of his drama comes from that but he's also again I don't know what it's called because I'm ridiculous but he's like a baby doctor (laughs) and there is a lot of I really liked the kind of push and pull between Sokyong and his sort of right-hand person who is a doctor called Mina. And she at first really dislikes him because he's not outwardly emotional. He, she thinks that he can't relate to the, the patients and he doesn't, you know, give them the kind of comfort they need and stuff like that. And very, very slowly over the course of quite a few episodes, she begins to realize that he's incredibly sensitive. He's incredibly attuned to other people's needs, but he just doesn't show these things outwardly. He just, you know, he does the actions. He solves the problems. He doesn't necessarily need to have discussions about it or 
you know, he doesn't feel comfortable openly comforting someone, but he'll just do the right things to make them comforted um, and give them the time that they need. So he's very, very sensitive, in fact. And there is like a little bit of a romance where she begins to like him. Um, I really, really liked everything that kind of, I, I have to admit, I wasn't so interested in Sokyong's sort of family drama. I didn't really care about his mom and the divorce and, and the mistress and that kind of stuff, other than how it affected him because I did like him. But I really liked all his hospital stuff. I liked seeing the progression of not that he changes in the way that he deals with patients by any means, but in the way that we get to see how he deals with them. Because at first, I think we're seeing it more from, you know, Dr. Mina's or Dr. Chu Mina's kind of point of view, where she thinks that he's cold and, you know, cut off and, and not not personable and not good at having, I guess, a, a bedside manner, you know, and very little by little, she begins to realize that that is absolutely not the case. And little by little, she begins to respect him more and more and more and admire him to the point where she begins to fall in love with him because she admires him so much, I think. And I really loved all that stuff. I thought that was really, really well done. Um, so that brings me to the final member of the main five group, um, who is played by an actress called John Mido. So she's the only woman in this group. Um, I haven't seen her before. Apparently this is her first drama role, but I think she's quite a famous stage actress, like a, a musical actress, which is very funny because, um, you know, the whole point of this this show, which I should have said at the start, but I didn't, <laughs> is they're doctors, but they all hang out and they play in a band. And there's no point to it. They're not like gearing up for a performance. They all just learn songs and play together. And there is something so weirdly charming to every episode, just seeing these actors play in a band together. You know, it's so lovely. I can't even describe how gentle and lovely it is. Um, but the hilarious thing is that the actress, John Mido, is, you know, obviously a very accomplished um, musical actress. So she, obviously she's an amazing singer. But her character, Songhua, um, who is a, I want to say, neurosurgeon, like a brain surgeon. Um, but anyway, Songhua, um, she's completely tone deaf and she can't sing in the drama, which I thought was quite funny. So we hear her a few times and she's just terrible, but it's kind of sweet as well because, you know, even when she has a singing part in the band, you know, all the other guys just kind of, they like it, you know, they don't mind if she can't sing, she's terrible at it. She still gets to sing like a verse. It's very lovely. Um, so Songhua is very accomplished, very successful, professional doctor. She's like, she's just so on top of her shit. I want to say like professionally, maybe the most, she's just, she just seems so good at what she does. And she's so good at handling all, you know, the, the, you know, I, I don't want to say underlings, but like the, whatever those doctors are that are slightly lower than her. Cause um, you know, the main five are all professors of their different departments. So they have a lot of doctors kind of working underneath them that they're meant to be mentoring and shaping into, you know, being amazing doctors. I don't know. Um, but I want to say that she probably is the best. Like, I think she has a lot less, um, misunderstandings and issues with her underlings than the others do. The others, it's all a lot of push and pull as they navigate these things and figure them out. Um, Ikjun probably doesn't really have any issues because everyone just loves him so much and he's so popular and he's 
fantastic like people person um but he does it in a very warm friendly way while Songhua is she's you know she's cool she's very cool she's very professional and accomplished and just very cool um but of course her kind of story is that her sort of underling dude um whatever his name is I can't even see his face here but I'm sure he's there somewhere but um her sort of doctor that she's mentoring uh, completely falls in love with her to the point where he's kind of leaving gifts on her table and, and he ends up confessing and she just says no, like she shuts him down and, but keeps things very professional between them. But you do really like this guy, this doctor who's confessed to her. So you feel quite sad for him as you follow him through the drama um like I said all the side characters get a lot of characterization so you really really get to know them and really care about them and you know you feel like he really he really falls in love with her like properly he really respects her and loves her and would follow her anywhere if she asked him but of course she does not ask him um so it's it doesn't because it's so slice of life, you know, like she kind of says no. And he's like, well, I, you know, I'm not going to stop feeling how I feel. There's nothing that he can do about that. So things just continue onwards and it's, you know, it's difficult for him, but again, you know, he acts very professionally and she does too. So there's no like weird stuff that sometimes you get in dramas where you're like, whoa, don't like walk over the line. So everything's very, very true to life, I suppose. It just feels like it could be real. It feels like you could be watching real things. Um, so that's the main five characters. Um, and then I'm going to talk about some of the stuff I loved, including the romance. Um, so I'll get into all of that stuff next. So this is actually a bit unrelated, but I did just want to mention that at the beginning of this drama, Yu Yeon Sook has a really weird haircut and it's like this little puff mushroom on top of his head. And I just, I will never understand why this haircut even exists. Like the puff mushroom haircut is, it's it's like a puff mushroom. Like, I don't understand it. Anyway, he's still super handsome, but he does have a puff mushroom on his head. But because obviously it takes so long to film this show um, and they're filming for so many months, his hair grows and then it looks like more normal hair on his head. <laughs> and I preferred it. I preferred it a lot better when he had like just some hair on his head that was less extreme and strange. <laughs> so I guess the point of that is that you know, the more you watch this show, the handsomer Yu Yeon Sook gets, which is very nice. I really liked it. It was very good. Okay, so this was meant to be me talking about the stuff that I loved. Um, basically, I loved everything. <laughs> you should watch this show. It is so good. I loved it so much. But um, I just, I kind of wanted to talk about some things, the romance, but also some other things that I thought about. Um, one thing that really, really blows me away about this show, but also maybe the whole Reply series as well, that this director and this screenwriter do is these, the smallest nuanced moments. And they are so small, but they carry such a huge emotional weight. But the way that they play out on screen is so subtle that for me as a writer, as someone who writes books, I just don't understand how someone writes moments like this. Like I am so fascinated and impressed by how someone sat down and thought of 
you know, one of the big emotional beats in this episode is going to be this tiny throwaway moment where there is no dialogue and we're going to rely on the actors doing something with their face. But it's going to be one of the biggest emotional moments in the whole episode, even though it lasts all of two seconds. Like, how do you think of that, let alone write it in a way that is coherent? Like, I just was blown away by, and it's just peppered with them. These moments that make you go, oh, you know, like feel something, feel something about life and about yourself. And, and it's so like so many of the moments are life affirming. I know it's so strange, um, but I think as a writer, I just was impressed. And I understand that writing for novels is a very different thing to writing for screen. Um, I'm so interested in writing for screen. I would love to learn how to write a script. Um, And, you know, like when you think about it, if you write a novel, obviously you have the luxury of characterizing someone's head, like inside their head, what they're thinking. You can really, really write about their inner workings and intentions. But on screen, you can't do that. You have to find different ways to bring emotions across because you can't really state anything clearly ever. (laughs) Um, So you have to rely so much on physical dialogueless things. And that is something that I find really fascinating because, you know, as a writer, it's so easy to write things, but I, I, I don't, it's amazing. Um, so anyway, that was like me getting like madly excited, but it was interesting. So I guess, um, as a example of what I'm trying to say in my like weird roundabout way. Uh, so there's this scene where this is just one of many, and this is only a really small example, but Sok Hyung, who is, you know, the, the baby doctor guy who is a little bit you know, he's not so good with the social stuff because he's not interested in it, basically. Um, He doesn't need that kind of, those people around him. Um, So he is having a really tough time because of all this family drama that's going on. Um, And basically he's at home and you see him on this chair in his lounge room and his whole lounge room is really sparse. You know, like he doesn't have a big couch for everyone to sit on. He just has like one, I think they're called lazy boys. You know, those ones that you you lean back on and that's all he's got. So again, like this is a great way, I suppose, of writing for screen that you are creating a room for the character that really tells you something about this character. Like he is, he's a lone guy. He doesn't need other people around him. Anyway, he's like leaning back on this lazy boy and he has like, um, you know, like a, that, uh, a mask over his face, over his eyes, because the lights are on and he's just resting. Um, I don't know what those things are called. <laughs> and he has his earphones in, he's listening to music on his phone and he kind of shifts and he's, you know, he's, he's had a really rough day and he shifts and his phone falls off the couch and it disconnects. So suddenly the music just like clicks off. And so he pulls up his mask and looks up and he gets the shock of his life because his four best friends are all standing there, all holding various takeaway foods, staring at him, like completely blank face, just staring at him. And then at the exact same moment, each of them make like a bonkers face. You know, they'll either stick out their tongue and roll their eyes back or like, um, Yu Yon Sok or Jong Won like has like some sodas and he like lifts them up and tries to shove them in his mouth. Like it's just like this really weird moment where they're all just like look bonkers and then they all just return to staring at him deadpan. And it's this really cool emotional moment in the show because they've come to save him. You know, they're there because they know that emotionally he needs the help. So it's this 
this beautiful, satisfying moment of friendship and showing what their friendship is like and that they could all tell that he was hurting and that he needed them. And yet it's done in this really like subtle way where they don't turn up and give him a hug. They don't turn up and go, hey, we're here because we know you had a bad day and and we want to look after you. Like it's so just silly and funny and moving. Um, And again, really clever because of all the silly faces. You know, a lot of these characters, like particularly um, Junwan and Songha, are not the kind of people that so far we've kind of been introduced that they would make weird faces like that. So again, it's this extra character element. So, I mean, that's just one of like a zillion really moving, very layered moments throughout the drama. And because the drama is so slice of life, like to create one episode, you've got to have like 20 million of little tiny moments like that, that all create a tapestry, that create a story. And how do you think of all that? How do you write it? It's just so, I'm so impressed. Like, I'm really, really impressed. <laughs> makes me want to go and rewatch some of those reply series just because I know they were peppered with a lot of that stuff as well. Like these guys really have a very strong style. So anyway, my gosh, I'm waffling in this episode. Um, if you can't tell, I'm a bit fucking excited about this show. <laughs> it was so good. Um, I am talking a lot. I hope it's okay. Um, so I did really want to talk about the romance. So there is a couple of different romances in this drama. Like obviously I've already mentioned that John Wan is um, having this very mature, lovely romance with Ik Jun's sister. Um, I, the only not mature part is that they, you know, keeping it a secret from everybody, including um, Ikjun. <laughs> Other than that, super like lovely and mature. Um, Sokyong obviously has, uh, you know, his underling doctor do uh, Doctor Chumina is sort of. I want to say hitting on him. <laughs> She's sort of hitting on him in a very professional, respectful way. Um, you know, this, it's not weird in the drama. And then Songhua is dealing with the same thing with her kind of doctor guy who's, um, you know, completely in love with her basically and can't really do anything about it. Um, but there's also two other romances that I think are quite big. So one of them is Songhua and Ikjun are – they have had a past where it was very clear at one point when they're a lot younger. And can I just mention Ik Jun's hilarious hair? So Cho Jong Suk's hilarious hair back when he was like at medical school, like he has this one long tendril, which is like colored purple. And then the rest of his hair is short. It is the funniest thing. I loved it so much. Um, so anyway, so back then at medical school, they clearly were really into each other. And because of timing and different circumstances, they never figured it out. They never realized that the other person liked them. And now that they're working in the same hospital, like 20 years later, you know, Ik Jun has been married and divorced. He has a kid and Songhua had a boyfriend. That's right. So she had a boyfriend at the start, um, but he was a total dickhead. So he left really quickly and then she doesn't have, you know, a partner after that. And so Songhua and Ikjun just, they spend a lot of time together. They're very, very comfortable with each other. They're absolutely just the best of friends. And it's a really lovely friendship. And you begin to see that I think particularly on Ikjun's side, I think on Songhua's side, it's, it's harder to know for sure. But on Ikjun's side, he's he's into her. He's like, I think, rekindling how he probably realistically has always felt, I think, about her. Um, and there's this beautiful, 
beautiful moment where they're having dinner together in his house and, you know, his kid's like asleep on the couch or something. And she's worried about him because he's so giving, you know, Ikjun is so about other people and he, you know, looks after his son. Everything he does is to look after his son. And in the hospital, he looks after a lot of people um, in terms of their emotional stuff. You know, he really is a confidant and a friend to so many people. And she's kind of like, what do you do for yourself? Like, she's worried about him. And he, Ikjun is saying to Songhwa, but like, you know, you don't do anything for yourself either. And she's like, of course I do. So she's obsessed with camping and she's obsessed with buying really expensive, weird camping gear that she doesn't necessarily need. Um, Again, which I love this personality trait of hers. And she's like you know, this is what is something that she does just for herself. It's an indulgence. It makes her happy. Other people think it's bonkers and she doesn't care. It's something that makes her feel good, um, which I loved. I loved that. And she's saying, well, what do you do? What do you do for yourself? And he just goes really quiet. And then he's like, you know, this, this is what he does. This is what he indulges in is having dinner with her. Like that is what keeps him going these little tiny moments of them just being quiet together and having dinner it was like super romantic in the way that this show is romantic in a true to life small scale quiet way and personally like I love romance like that I love romance where it's hinted at and you've got to kind of read between the lines to feel the full weight of emotion um and I love, I, I really love that framework. So I like stuff like that, I thought was really good. And these, this as a couple, I think they would be amazing together. But of course, you know, it would be scary too, because it's a huge thing to potentially move 20 years of very close, comfortable friendship into a different stage. And I think for Songhua, she is, I think she's fearful and I don't know. I don't know, um, which is why I need season two, because I want to know. Um, so, of course, the other big romance in this drama, and again, it's done in a very subtle way, but this one is, um, so Jong-won, so Yoon sok and his, so she's a general surgeon underling doctor called Goal. Um, so Goal is, I really, really liked her. She's very curt and not great with people. She really says some terrible stuff to patients sometimes, but she's also unbelievably hardworking. And she basically, you know, we find out um, that she has this massive crush on Jong-Wan. Um, and I, one thing I really liked about her is she she always just looks very disheveled. Like she's always, you know, her hair is just sort of all over the place and she's got this like real downtrodden look on her face all the time like she hardly ever smiles she always just looks so tired and I really love the idea that she is completely in love with Jongwon who's this really nice warm smiley happy amazing doctor and she doesn't make an effort to put on lipstick or do her hair or try and be brighter or happier kind of personality to fit in with him or to attract him or to make him notice her she just is completely in love with him and meanwhile just keeps doing what she's always done which is working her butt off being tired and learning and and learning how to be a really fantastic doctor um but also really taking people's advice when it comes to dealing with patients and really working hard to improve the way she relates to patients so i found her unbelievably likable i liked girl so much and i particularly 
You know, it's a funny thing because I think when it comes to dramas, like a personal preference for me is definitely, I love it when the guy falls first. Like I love it when the guy is pining in an unrequited love for the woman, I suppose I just always do. And this is the complete opposite. And I loved it. It was, it's so raw and close to home. I'm pretty sure all of us, like at some point in your life have probably been in the position of you know, really, really feeling very intensely towards someone that's quite, um, you know, in an unrequited way. Um, but what's interesting, I think, about this love line with Jongwon and Goal is like, this is classic reply framework, like full on to the point where Jongwon, you know, he's struggling with leaving the hospital and going off to be a Catholic priest, which of course means you cannot get married and you have to be celibate. Um, and the drama is really, really, really careful not to show you explicitly how he feels about Gyol. Um, but there are hints, there are hints the whole way through the show. And I think maybe because I'm very used to the reply framework with these hints, um, and the way that things are edited, that always they will be edited to leave out this most important detail that will tell you how he feels. Um, So I was able to pick up very early on in the drama that he did like her. He completely liked her, but for whatever reasons, he is absolutely holding back. Um, So it was a really, really satisfying love line and story for me. And particularly, I loved how much was only hinted at, how much is held back, how much you have to grasp at these little threads to figure out, um, you know, how he's feeling towards her. And meanwhile, you know, she just keeps doing the same thing. Like she just keeps going. And I I loved that about her. You know, I love that she just is herself and she doesn't necessarily kind of try hard to attract him. I think, you know, she gets along really well with Ikjun played by Cho Jong-sok. Who and he has a couple of schemes up his his sleeve to try and get Jong Won to be jealous and stuff like that, and Girl occasionally hap you know haplessly kind of goes along with these. But on the whole, it's such a normal real life thing, you know. She just does what she does, and meanwhile she's hopelessly in love with him. Um, so I really really liked some of the hints. So like, I guess in terms of this love story, I could tell very early on that he was into her, but he was absolutely holding himself back because he had, I guess, in his eyes, greater plans for his life in terms of joining the church. Um, and this great responsibility that he feels he, he has to God to go and do that. Um, and in the end, well, I won't talk about the end, but anyway, so there's this scene very early on in the drama and it's this really nice one. Um, Jongwon is, you know, they're just talking about a surgery and he's just having conversation and girl is sitting next to him and she's just stuffing her face with these little cakes, but she's kind of like keeps glancing at him and is obviously, you know, just basking in his presence, I suppose, as he's talking to everyone. And then she eats all the little cakes that are sort of within her vicinity that she can reach. And then when he gets up, Jongwon just sort of pushes the last cake over to her and then walks off. And it's like, it's nothing. It's just an act of kindness. But, you know, you can totally be like, he didn't need to do that. He wouldn't have known that she'd eaten all the cakes, except that he's clearly hyper aware of her. Um, And then the next one, the one where that happened that I was like, oh, he definitely is into her was um girl overhears that another doctor kind of asked Jongwon out to see a movie. And girl is 
absolutely dejected. Like she's like, oh no, like that's it. She's lost him. He's going to date this other, you know, really super hot, pretty doctor. And then, um, you know, all the nurses get together and they're like, oh no, like Jongwon will take anyone out for dinner. He says yes to anything. He treats everyone really well. Like he will, um, you know, pay for their dinners and pay to take them out to movies. Um, he just does it all the time. He'll never say no. And so eventually Joel gets up the courage to go and ask him to take her out for a dinner, just the two of them, which is what this other doctor's done. And Jongwon's just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, so he does it all the time. And to him, it means nothing. It's just him treating his staff well. Um, but when Goel asks, he's just like he freezes and then he gets really awkward and he's like, oh, we can go out, you know, in a group. And she's like, no, just the two of us. And he he lies. He says, oh, no, I've got to, you know, see my mum this weekend. I can't. And then he just like literally scurries off down the hall. And we find out later and Goel finds out later that he completely lied to her. And that wasn't, you know, he just made up that he had plans to get out of doing that. And I guess the, the interesting thing about this moment is that Jongwon has been written as a character. He's such a good person. He does not lie. Like, we never see him lie and we also know enough about him as a person to know that lying is not something that would be in his nature. So it's like through this moment that could be shown like from the writing perspective, like it's a rejection. He rejects Joel, but at the same time, he rejects her in a way that is so absolutely out of character for him that I knew immediately that there was a deeper reason and that you know, what could it be other than he likes her back, but he cannot, he cannot lean into that because he has these greater plans for his life. Um, so I loved it. It's like, you know, it's like a little romantic mystery and you get to pull apart the threads and it, it's so satisfying. You know, there's a moment where Joel, you know, the way that the drama is edited, you think that she's going on a date and she's waiting out the front of the hospital and he sees her and every time he sees her, he just gets like kind of stiff. Um, and he goes and stands next to her and they're both waiting to get picked up in the car park. And, you know, and he's like, oh, are you, you know, going out for dinner? And she's like, yes. And, you know, she's so deadpan. She never like has facial expressions. It's wonderful. I love it. And he's, you know, like, oh, are you going out with your friend, that other nice, you know, woman doctor? And then she just looks at him. She's like, no. And she, she doesn't explain because that's just the way she is. And a car turns up with a very handsome young man in it. And she gets in the car and drives off. And Jongwon just like the look on his, like, he's trying not to be too obvious about looking and kind of, you know, watching and that he's kind of really thrown by it. Um, so it's, it's a great romance because you really get to, I guess, pull it apart and see, see how it progresses. I really, really liked that stuff. Um, so I think sometimes in the reply series, they definitely use the same framework of through editing and through the way that you see it, they really keep someone's emotions hidden in terms of that that love story, which is obviously what they tried to do and what they do do with Jongwon and this, where you're constantly like, does he like her? Does he not like her? I don't know. I can't tell. Because they never explicitly make it obvious. Um, you can guess for sure. Um, but in the reply series, I think in some of those, particularly I think reply 1994 that Yu Yeon Suk was actually in with the main kind of main male lead in that drama, this absolute douchebag called trash <laughs> but they they did the same thing where they wanted to write trash's character so that you would never be sure how he felt but instead of it 
as a watcher, you only being privy to certain things and having information omitted, it actually made trash look like an indecisive trash bag. And it really, really puts you off him as a viable male lead because he ends up coming across like like a dickhead who's stringing along this woman. Whilst in this one, you never have that problem. So at the end, you know, there's a totally swoony romance kiss scene in the last episode. Like it is so good. And because of the way that the drama has been edited and his feelings have been edited, even though, you know, I was totally connecting the dots. Like I knew that he liked her for sure, but I still didn't know what he was going to decide in terms of joining the church or, you know, choosing the hospital and the children, patients. And of course, Goal, you know, there's so much tension there, which is amazing. It's amazing that they kept that tension of will he, won't he all the way to that last episode to the point that when he does and you get a kiss, it's huge. Like it's a huge. And I have to say, I loved her confession. She is so girl, you know, she, she confesses to him properly and it's, she's so awkward and she's crying and she's so embarrassed. And I loved it. It was so, again, just true to life. Like a buildup of feelings over, you know, a whole year of being in love with somebody. And it's not like an unrequited crush from afar because she works very closely with him. She does get to know him and they do have interactions. And that buildup of emotions just pouring out as she's, you know, psyched herself up to ask him this huge thing, which is to stay beside her. It's so moving. I loved it so much. And then, you know, when he kisses her, she just goes like, oh, like mad. Like, you know, normally I hate kiss scenes where the woman like gets all stiff and like doesn't grab him back, you know, or kiss him back. And this is like one of the only times where I just felt it was so appropriate because I, I just kept thinking of that year of building emotion and the way that she confesses, I don't feel that she's very hopeful that he loves her. You know, I really feel that this is a last ditch effort and she's just so at the end of what she can endure, I think, with pretending that nothing's going on with her and she just, it all overflows. And so when he does kiss her, I think it is such a shock to her system that I totally got that she acts shocked for once. Um, anyway, it's a beautiful scene, beautiful kiss scene and fantastic. And I loved it. Wow. I've talked so much. Um, the other thing on my list was that I loved a lot of the side. I just loved all the side characters. I love the whole show. I really feel like I need to shut up about it now because I just talked for such a long time. Oh, wow. So that's it from me on hospital playlist season one. Um, definitely go watch it. Um, it's beautiful. So now it is time for my random thing of the week and I'm just going to keep this super brief because I've talked for forever already. <laughs> um, but basically I was just looking through my notes. Sometimes when I'm watching dramas, I just make little notes on my phone while I'm watching um, just so things I can talk about during my episodes. And <laughs> uh, so I already recorded, you know, my my podcast show on Warm and Cozy, um, Yu Yon Sook's other really slightly awful drama. <laughs> that I watched because I love him so much. Um, and I was looking at the notes and literally I made one note for the entire drama. And it was the one thing that I forgot to talk about during my episode. So literally I had written warm and cozy white pants. 
And you know what? People wear a lot of white pants in that drama. I would say even too many pairs of white pants. I mean, how many white pants can one man and woman even own? I mean, realistically, I think it was too many white pants. So there you go. My random thing of the week. Something that I'm loving this week is more that I'm loving the forward going lack of it, <laughs> if that makes any sense in my life. Um, I do not have any more live online events scheduled <laughs> for the for the short foreseeable future, I no longer have to log into, you know, Skype or Zoom or whatever uh, or radio and talk live to somebody while loads of people listen. Um, the podcast is different. Like it just doesn't freak me out. I feel, I feel like so positive about it. And then all the interviews and things that I sometimes have to do for my, my other books, the stress the stress is unbelievable. Um, so I had my last one yesterday, my last one for a while. I know I'll have to do more in the future. I never say no because, you know, it's good exposure. I'm just so happy. I'm so happy that I don't have to do another live interview anytime soon. I'm just, it's just wonderful. <laughs> it's just so nice. So yeah, that's what, that's, I'm really, I am really loving that at the moment. It's so good. <laughs> oh, it's probably a terrible thing to, um, to record myself saying, but there you go. It's the truth. 